running from him. Can you all? Okay, I'm always running from him. I'm so sorry. I don't do it on purpose. I'm just not used to having a man run around by me. Maybe the Lord's trying to teach me something first. I don't know. <laughs> How's everybody doing today? So good to see you in church. We had a beautiful full first service and a gorgeous second service. I know you all are blessed and highly favored. Amen. If I could have just a little bit more volume out of my microphone, that would be awesome. Feels a little light on me. Anyway, oh, there we go. Now I can hear myself. Anyway, I'm so excited about the continuation of this message, Hope in the Dark. If you were not here last Sunday, I highly encourage you, that was week one, jump online on our church app or on our website, and I encourage you to watch the message. You can definitely listen to it, but if you watch it, I did an illustration that will really help you understand when you're going in places where you're wondering where God is. And I think that message hit all of us last week, God, where are you? You know, and last week was really a tough message and challenging because it was really talking about those places where God didn't show up where we expected him to show up. You know, maybe that miracle didn't happen we were believing God for. And unfortunately, we live in an imperfect world, don't we? We live in a world full of sin and the nature of the enemy. And when we get to heaven, we're going to have perfection. But until then, there will be trials here on earth. And so my goal and my hope is to never navigate you through those times of life where you wonder, where are you, God? So take, a, um, take some time this week to listen to that because it'll help build on where we're going today. So we're studying out of the three chapters of Habakkuk. There's only three chapters. So if you've never were, read the book of Habakkuk, I encourage you this week, get in your Bible, take a little bit, maybe a half an hour or more to read the three chapters so that you better understand and we're talking about a time in Habakkuk's life where he had hit a brick wall. Has anybody ever hit a brick wall before where you're just believing God to do something and you're wrestling um, with God, you're wrestling with your doubts and your unbelief? And we talked about last week that we have crisis of belief where something happens so strong in our life that it makes us question what we believe in and makes us question the word of God and, and question God. And I know we don't like to talk about that very much, but if every one of us was real and open, we have all questioned things in our life, haven't we? And so what do we do when we hit the wall? Those things that I'm believing God for is not coming to pass. And so as we get into uh, today's topic, last week was chapter one, and we talked extensively about don't walk away from God. Don't throw in the towel. Don't say God isn't there for you. Don't walk away from what you believe in the word of God. Amen. And today we're going to talk about in chapter two, we're going to discover where Habakkuk is, and we're going to talk about don't quit on God. And maybe the thing that you're believing God for is too late and that's a closed chapter and nothing can happen. But maybe there's something in your life today that you still need that miracle. There is still a, p a potential for God to meet you right where you're at. And that's what I want to speak to you today, that God has not forgotten you, your dreams and your desires and your breakthroughs and the things you've been longing from God, he is going to bring them to pass in your life, amen? And sometimes it gets a little darker before the sun decides to shine again, and I'm going to encourage you through the word that you're not going to quit. Say, I'm not going to quit. You know what? We are, you're at that that uh, midnight point with God, that God is about to usher you into an incredible miracle and incredible breakthrough. And the enemy would love to come strong in your frustration and in your place where you're wondering where God is to cause you to throw in the towel. But we're not going to do that. Amen? 
I know as a believer of Christ, and I've been serving the Lord a long time, there are some things that I'm still believing God for, that I've been asking the Lord to do a miracle in my life for many, many years. I personally have a friend of mine, a family member, who has struggled with seizures, and she loves God. She's a woman of God. She prays for people, and they get healed. Has anybody ever done that before? But your miracle doesn't take place. And here's this woman of God, and she's believing for this miracle, and it still hasn't manifest yet. What do you do in that moment when you know God can give the miracle, when you know God is able, but it just hasn't happened yet? And there's so many times that in this place where we're at in this story of Habakkuk that people walk away from God and they throw in their faith and they quit and give up. Now, for me personally, I this uh, last year or so, I've had incredible back pain literally from my neck all the way down and just suffering with a lot of pain that I haven't told many people of. And it's weird. It's like little by little as I'm trusting God, he's healing different parts of my back. But, and I'm almost completely healed, but there's this little part in the back right here in the middle of my back that I'm still believing God to manifest. And I can get a little frustrated sometimes like, well, God, I know you're able to heal me. I know that you're able to take your hand and just a swift of your anointing, you can heal my back. And I'm wondering why it hasn't happened yet. And that's where you have to dig into your faith, and even though what you're believing God you don't see yet, we're going to trust God in the process, amen? We're not going to quit believing God. We're not going to say God's never going to make that happen. No, we're going to fight the good fight of faith, and we're going to trust that God is working that miracle. God is bringing your children back to Christ. God is going to restore your marriage no matter what it looks like in the natural, amen? And if a recap about Habakkuk, this was a, a minor prophet in the Old Testament, and he prophesied 600 years before Jesus Christ showed up on the scene. And what was different about Habakkuk is most prophets would do this. They would go to God, like Moses, he would spend time with the Lord, and then he'd get a word for the people, and then the prophet would go to the people and tell the people what God is saying. Well, what we find out about Habakkuk, which I actually like his vulnerability and his rawness with God, he was frustrated with God. He's like, God, why aren't you moving? Why aren't you um, giving us a miracle? Why aren't you giving a breakthrough for your people when I know that you can? See, this is a time where Judah was going through um, a failure. They didn't have prosperity. God didn't seem to be on their side when they used to be. And Habakkuk's going, but why, God? I know you're able, but why aren't you doing it? And so he didn't go to the people about God. He went to God about the people. And he would voice his frustration with God. And we talked a lot about that last week of being frustrated and talking to the Lord about what we're frustrated about. Amen. We can say to God, God, it'd be so amazing if you would deliver this situation. God, you would shine bright like a diamond if you would just give us this miracle, right? But sometimes God doesn't do that the way that we think he should. And he told over and over in chapter one, he told uh, Habakkuk, he said, listen, I'm going to show up in a way that you've never seen before. I'm going to give you a miracle that you've never experienced. How many has had God give you a word like that before? Maybe you were sitting in a service like this or maybe private time with God and God gave you a word and yet things got worse. But wait, God promised me a miracle, but things got a little worse before they got better. And that's the time that Habakkuk finds himself in. What do you do when it looks worse when God gave you a word and it hasn't happened yet? Doesn't make sense, does it? So what do we do as believers? I want to write this down this morning. In chapter one, we learned a lot about wondering. And this is where we found Habakkuk. 
wrestling with God. God, I wonder what you're doing. I know you're for me. I know that you can give me a miracle. I know that all you got to do is say the word, but I'm kind of wondering where you're at right now. We talked about that a lot last week, and this week, we're going to talk about something that's not fun. How many know wrestling and wondering about where God is is tough? That's tough on its own. The thing we're going to talk about today is even tougher, and we're going to talk about waiting. Waiting on God is so challenging, and it's so difficult, because when I'm trusting God and I'm trying to believe him, but my situation looks exactly opposite, and not only opposite, it's getting worse than what I'm believing God for. And that's what we're going to talk about. Anybody like waiting? Nobody likes to wait. How many of you have ever had a Netflix series that you've been watching, or you're popping a good movie? Like, I'm like, let's get a, you know, I love Coca-Cola, let's just open that can. Can't you hear it right now? Oh, I'm on the keto diet, so I can't have Coca-Cola right now, but oh, and you pour it over that cold ice, and you know, you got your lounge chair, and you're ready to pop in a movie and relax, and then your Wi-Fi acts crazy, and that thing is spinning, and spinning, and spinning, and spinning, and you're about ready to throw something at the TV, right? Or you're trying to get on social media, you're desperate, you have like two minutes, and it won't open up, Instagram won't open up for nothing, right? We don't like to wait, do we? We don't like the process. And God is calling us in seasons of our life where he's moving. He's asking you to wait on him. He's asking you to wait because he's trying to make something happen that's more than you could ever think or imagine. God is trying to move things on your behalf, but we have to be willing to wait on God. Amen? In Habakkuk 1, we learn don't walk away. Habakkuk 2, we're going to learn don't quit believing. I'm going to share with you this morning three things that God tells us in the Word of God. What do you do when you are stuck and you're hurting? What do you do when you find yourself in a place where God said this and it hasn't happened yet, but I know that he's God. What do I do in the process? Has anybody been there or is living right now on that real estate? So we're going to talk a little bit about what Habakkuk did. Three things that you can do when you are hurting when you are finding a place of disappointment in your life, number one is we're going to do this. We are going to listen to God. We're going to listen. When you are going through things in your life and your emotions are raging and you're frustrated and you're discouraged, the last thing we want to do is listen. I don't want to hear what God has to say. Or we're so wrapped up in this situation. We're so wrapped up in our disappointment and what we're going through that we're not hearing what God has to say in this season where you feel abandoned by God. Because whatever you're going through, listen, God is trying to talk to you. Whatever season you're in, God has given you ears to hear what the Spirit has to say. And you can't base what God is doing in this moment on how God used to speak to you. Because when God used to speak to you, things were going good, you were happy, maybe your job was great, your marriage was great. But now I'm in a place where I really can't find God. Now I'm in a place where I'm wondering, God, why aren't you giving me that miracle yet? And you need to stop, slow down, and listen to what God is saying. This is the opportunity where you have to hear a word from God. And I don't mean just a good scripture verse. I mean really hear what the Spirit is trying to say in this season. Because whatever you listen in this hallway before God releases the miracle will be the key to unlock the door to the miracle. 
But if you don't know what God is saying and you don't know what God is doing and you're basing it off your emotions and what you see, you'll never unlock the key to what God has next. You'll stay in this hallway of disappointment for a long time. And this is where a lot of believers, you don't see them at church anymore. They're frustrated with God. They're discouraged. Or maybe they come and we just quit believing God for big things because they're not hearing God right now. And listen, God is trying to talk to you, amen? And this is what I love about Habakkuk. He was angry. He was frustrated. He said, God, where are you? You can read it. He is being very bold with God, bolder than I would probably ever be. And what does he say? He doesn't decide to ignore God. He decides to position himself in a strategic place of his disappointment. And you know what he says? I want to see the hand of God, and I want to hear the voice of God. See, when you are frustrated in your life, you have to make a stance that I will not be moved. Ephesians says, when you've done all to stand, what am I supposed to do? Keep standing. When I've done all to stand, I'm going to keep standing. I'm not going to let the winds of disappointment and the situation that may be getting worse and more people are betraying me, more bills are coming in. This is what God says, but I'm seeing the opposite. But I'm going to strategically say, I'm going to set myself down and I want to hear the voice of the Lord. God, I'm not moving from your presence until you speak to me. God, I'm going to get up every day at 5 a.m., and I'm going to spend a half an hour in your presence until you speak to me, because I need to know what are you doing in this season. If you're telling me not now, then guess what? If it's not now, then I can have joy in the in-between. I can have peace knowing God says not now. I don't know why, but I'm happy. I don't know why I can still serve God. Why? Because I'm listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. And if you look at Habakkuk 2.1, he said this, angry frustrated, but he flipped the switch. He said, I will stand at my watch. He said, I'm not going to stop talking to you, God. I'm not going to throw in the towel. I voiced how I'm frustration, but I'm going to watch because I know you are God. And I know that you can make a way where there seems to be no way. He said, I'm going to station myself on the ramparts. He said, I'm going to position myself in the best possible way to hear your voice. There's been times in my life, and I love being with people. I'm a runner, a mover, a shaker. I love to be busy. My only time I got a nap back in the 90s was the tanning bed, you know. I don't do that anymore, thank you, Jesus. But, you know, I'm a runner and a mover. But when God is trying to speak to you in a season where you're discouraged or a season where something's about to happen, you have to strategically say, I am taking time alone with God. I'm going to separate myself from being busy with all my friends, busy from all these distractions, and I need to purposely listen to what God is saying. There's seasons of this church that, hey, we're running, we're building the church, the church is growing, our church is growing, people are being saved, and it's been wonderful. But when I first took took the church over, I lived a fasted every day. I marched and prayed on an assignment from God because I understand the season. And now I feel like we're coming to another season of our church where our church is about to have something so special by the hand of the Lord. So guess what? I'm quieting my life personally, and I'm hearing the Lord. God, what are you trying to say? Because I'm not going to be comfortable in this season. I'm not going to be satisfied in this season. I want to hear what's next, God. And if I don't see it here, it's okay because I know it's about to come. I told first service when I, this has been 15 years ago or more. Let's see, it's been, 
let's just say 15 years for, you know, dramatic account. It's been at least 15 years. But the Lord showed me a vision of a church I would pastor one day. The Lord gave me a vision of it. He showed me a two-story balcony church with packed with people worshiping God and loving God. And some were kneeling, some were worshiping, some were just standing quiet. It was like a freedom of worship. This was 15 years ago. But because I saw what God wanted to do when the Lord gave me this church, it wasn't no surprise because he already showed me 15 years ago. So now we're living in this moment where I could see this happening. It's like God can do this suddenly. I actually have a picture of the church. I came across a sanctuary that looks just like the one showed me, the Lord showed me, and I will show you one day. But now it's like I don't care what it looks like in the natural. I know what the Lord showed me so I can hang on to that word from God, amen? doesn't matter if it takes 15, 20, 25 years. It's in the hand of the Lord. It's not my responsibility to make anything happen. It's not your responsibility to maneuver anything. Your responsibility is to let go, let God, trust God, and listen to what he has to say. We have to slow down, listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, amen? Habakkuk said, I'm going to stand at my watch. I'm going to station myself on the ramparts, and I will look to see what God will say to me. Some of you just need to reposition yourself and get quiet. Set aside some time that's alone with God and say, God, I need a word from you. Because I'm telling you something, God is speaking, isn't he? Sometimes with God, when we get alone with him, there may be things that we don't want to hear from him. And maybe that's why we struggle slowing down. But whatever the Lord has to say in your season, if he says it's not time yet, sometimes the Lord may say no. And that needs to be okay. We have to trust the Lord for what the Lord is saying, amen? So we have to say, Lord, I open up to hear what your spirit has to say about the season of my life, amen? So God, I'm going to listen to you. I'm going to obey what you have to say. And we think sometimes, well, God, if you do that miracle, boy, it'll make you look so good. It'll give glory to God, amen? And then sometimes we wonder, well, God, if you don't do it, how do I defend you? Has anybody ever felt like that? Oh, man, we... We believe God for this building, and it never happened. Like the church closed its doors, right? That's never going to happen. It's a God-called church. But we believe God. We put our faith out there. Some of you started companies. Some of you are believing God for great things. And it may not look like God's doing anything yet. How do I defend that? It's not our responsibility to defend God. It's our responsibility to listen to him. And we follow his path, even when it looks rocky, even when it looks delayed, even when it looks sidetracked, we just keep our eyes on Jesus, amen, because he knows the end result of our life. So I want to encourage you this morning, God is speaking in your life. We just have to slow down and listen. How does God speak to us? Through the word of God. If there's anything that I can encourage you as your pastor, take 10 minutes a day and read the word of God. If it's a, there's the YouVersion app that you can download and it gives you different studies. If, if that works for you, download that YouVersion app and, and begin to read the Word of God because when you're in a troubling season, you could be reading your Bible. And how many know sometimes the Bible doesn't make sense? Has anybody ever just read a whole chapter? You're like, what did I just read? It's like Charlie Brown's school teacher, you know. But you never know. In that moment where you have positioned yourself, I'm committing to the word of God. One scripture verse can be highly 
highlighted by the Holy Spirit and you get your word from God. See, it's not just a scripture, but it's that revelation. That word is for me and nothing can shake me from it. Nothing's going to move me from it. I don't care hell or high water. I've got a word from God. Not a word from man, but I got a word from God, amen? So I'm going to listen in this season. God can speak to you in a message. You could be sitting here in church and hear a word that's going to just like set you free. How many ever wake up on a Sunday morning like, I don't feel like going to church? I do, and I'm the pastor. <laughs> I don't feel like going to church. Tired, God. Flesh speaks. But I've learned it's that one Sunday that the devil pokes your flesh could be a time where you get that one word that sets you free. It's that one word that I'm listening, God. I'm frustrated, but I'm going to go to church and listen anyway. I'm going to believe God for that rhema word to set me free. Amen? We have to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Like I said, there's sometimes the Lord might say, no, abandon that idea. Don't take that business opportunity. All that glitters is not gold. That man may not be as good as he looks, girls. Give some time for that, you know, process to let him show his true colors and vice versa, right? Everything can't be so glitter. Give time to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Praise God. So this is where we find Habakkuk, and he's frustrated, and he's discouraged, and he's wondering, God, where are you? I want to, um, as you look at Habakkuk, he's saying, God, this is not what I asked you to do. I asked you to do something else. He said, you know, um, God, I'm looking for your power to set me free. I'm looking for your word. I know that you can just say the word and you'll set me free. But God says, no, I'm going to give you my grace that will be sufficient for you. Amen. Paul had this thorn in the flesh. If you just look at his story, Paul had this thorn in the flesh that followed him every day for years. We don't know what that thorn in the flesh was, but we know it was troublesome to Paul. And if you read the scripture verse, he said over and over, take it away, God, three times, take it away from me. What is this thorn? I don't deserve this. I've been serving you. I've been loving you. I've been sacrificing you. He said, take this thorn away from me. And you know what God said to him? No. He said, no, I'm not going to take it away from you because my grace is sufficient for you in this journey. And we don't know why we have the process, but in that time, we want the power of God, don't we? I just want to be set free. Break these shackles, God. Make me feel good. Make me feel free. And God says, no, it's in the process where you're waiting that I'm building your faith. I'm building your trust in me in an unknown God where you don't see me moving, but you have to trust me that I am moving on your behalf. There's some things that God will not lift until the season is time to be lifted. And I can imagine being Paul there because we'll learn a little bit about him. But Paul was faithful to God. And when God said that to him, he's probably like, God, I don't want your grace. Give me your power. Give me that ability. Just wave your hands and set me free. And, you know, if it was kind of me, I might look at some of my other disciples who were a lot worse than me. You know, I might have been like, you know, God, Peter betrayed you three times. Like, give him your grace, but give me your power. You know, don't give him the ability to overcome. I need the power to be set free because I'm following you. Or maybe he talked about Thomas, and he said, you know, all Thomas did was doubt you, God. All he did was question you. If you just show me, Jesus, I'll believe. And Jesus like, here's my hand. He's like, give him grace. I want power. I want this thing to be lifted from me. And if you study his life, what happened with Paul? He was beaten. He was left for dead. 
He was shipwrecked, trusting God, following God's commandment, a missionary of Christ. He was snake-bitten, and he was stoned, not recreationally. He was stoned. <laughs> you guys got it. First service, it kind of was like, did she just say what I think she said? You'd be like, that's the will of God, man. I'm in trouble. I'm going to go get stoned. Hallelujah. But I can imagine all the trials that he went through following Christ. He said, God, all that I've been through, why aren't you setting me free? Why aren't you changing this situation? Why isn't my child serving you yet? Why am I not blessed and promoted on the job? Has anybody been there? I've been faithful. And God says, it's not about that. In this season, I need you to listen, listen, listen to my Holy Spirit. Amen? We need to listen. And the second thing that we find Habakkuk do is he writes down. And this is so important because when the Lord gives you a word, you need to journal it down. I have journals from 25 years of my walk with Christ, from my fasting, every year we fast. And and I have my journals, and God will speak to you things. He'll give you a word from him. He'll give you a vision from him. And when you write it down, you can go back when the enemy tries to deceive you and say, but God said... Because see, that word may not come to pass for a little bit of time. And so when you write it down, you have the written promises of Christ. And if you look at Habakkuk 2, which is the chapter we're in, we all know this verse, but now consider the context in which we're reading it. Habakkuk 2.2 says, Then the Lord replied, what he stopped and listened. As he listened in his frustration, the Lord replied, Write down the revelation. He says, I need you to write down what I spoke to you because there may be a time frame and I need you to be able to go back and look, but God said in my life, amen? He said, make it plain on the tablets. What do we gotta do? We gotta document it. We gotta write it down. We gotta record it. Why? Because your enemy, the devil, comes as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. And what is the devil's goal? To steal the word of God's promises out of your life. So if I've got it written down and I've got a revelation, because in the moment you hear God, there's faith. When you get that word, when you get that scripture, if you get that vision, or even sitting here this morning, maybe you're getting this burst of faith and you write it down, there's faith in that moment. But then I go out the door and life hits me in the gut, right? Real life, my children, my job. And then I lose that part of faith, but I can go back to the word and remember, but wait, My child may get more crazy, but God said my children will serve the Lord all the days of their life. My child may be lost, but they're going to be found through the grace and the love of Jesus Christ. They may look worse, but God said, according to his word, God told me. You can't be moved. I have things, I have a three-ring binder. I go back and there's things God answered. And I'm just like, I highlight them. Thank you, Jesus. And I go back and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot the Lord told me that. I forgot the Lord told me about that. Uh, church building that I would build one day until it was time. See, we forget, and I can go back and go, oh, thank you, God. That's my word. Why? Because I have it written down. I'm not going to forget what the Lord is speaking to me. I am in this season of our church. I'm just so excited, supernaturally, what the Lord is doing, and, and I've been setting myself apart, like I said, and I've been really listening to God and spending time in his presence, and I really want this place that I'm at to hear for the next, and I've been praying for that every day. And 
couple nights ago, I had this prophetic dream, and uh, I don't know all of what it means, but I know what the Lord spoke to me through the dream, but I was walking outside, and I saw off in the distance this swarm of beautiful birds, and there was like thousands of them, and they were making this formation that was unbelievable, and I'm like, oh my God, I got to get it on my phone. I mean, isn't that crazy how our modern day gets into our dreams? But I'm like, I have to get my phone out. Nobody's going to believe what is happening, and by the time I got my phone out, it had formated into like these um, maybe six or eight giant, beautiful beautiful bees, and they made this formation in a circle, and they were just doing these beautiful movements that were all like in sync together, and it was flying over me and around me, and it was just so breathtaking, and as they got closer, the bees got larger and larger, and I wasn't afraid of them, and I knew it was the Lord saying, my blessings and favor are coming over you. All the hard work, all the labor is coming, not just me, but for this church, I mean, for what God's doing in this valley and in this city. That's my word. You are never going to take that from me. You can be like, that girl's crazy talking about bees. I don't care what you have to say. I know what the Lord is showing me, amen? I know, and you can't take that away from me. I'm going to wake up every day seeing those beautiful bees with expectation that that bee represents somebody lost, somebody who needs deliverance, somebody who needs healing, amen, some family that needs restoration. I'm going to hang on to that no matter what it looks like. But see, if we're not slowing down and we're not moving the distractions, you can't listen and hear, and then you can't write it down because writing it down creates the vision so he who reads it may run with it, amen? I'm going to run with this vision. I'm running with building that church. Our team is behind it. We're going to build this church. We're going to build. I don't know how or where or when. None of that matters, but I know what God said to me, amen? And we're going to do it for Jesus. And God has that same thing for you. But the devil wants to steal your blessing. I have this quote. Satan wants to take from you what God gave to you. He wants to take your word. He wants to take your promise. He wants to take your calling through disappointment, through wondering, God, where are you? Maybe some of you last week had a great word from God. You know, you got this word. You're like, I know God's for me. I've been down in the valley, but now I'm going back up. Woo! Jesus. And you get in the car and your crazy kids are fighting all the way home. Or maybe you and your spouse, I mean, you get into a drag out, beaten, almost divorced kind of fight on the way home, right? Or life happens and you no sooner pull up in the driveway and you're like, did God really say? Did God really promise me this in my life? Am I really going up? Because I kind of feel like I'm still going down. What's the devil trying to do? Steal your word from God. And when you have it written down, no matter what, what it looks like, you'll never sway from it. Because you can go, look, devil, come hard, because this is what God said to me. Try all you want, but God is fighting my battles for me. God is on my side for me. I may not have the power, but I've got the grace to walk through it until God makes it manifest in my life. Amen? God is able, so write it down, record it, anchor your faith to what God has to say. And if you don't have a word in this season, I challenge you for we got November and December, two months of this year, get a word from God. If you're married, start talking to Jesus. If you're single, start talking to Jesus. Say, God, what do you have in this next season? Give me a dream, give me a vision, give me a revelation. Speak through your words, speak through worship, speak however you want to speak. If you want to speak audibly, God, I need to hear your voice. Amen? Because I want the next season of our life. What does the enemy want to do? He wants you to get in fear and walk away. You get afraid it's not going to happen. Get afraid of what people think. Get afraid of people's opinions. We get afraid. 
And even though we have the promise in our heart, fear grips us and the devil can put fear on you to cause you to walk away from the very thing you're believing God for. But we need to be like Paul and Silas. Before one little shackle made a sound of deliverance, they praised God anyway. Before you have any movement of God, before you have any change or manifestation, I'm going to praise God anyway, amen, because he's the one that breaks the shackles. He's the one that sets me free. He's the one that brings the miracle that I need in my life, amen. Thank you, Jesus. I want to read in the uh, New Living Translation Bible that same verse I just read to you. It says this, but these things, this is so powerful. I actually sent this to a friend last night. But these things I plan won't happen right away. Has anybody ever been there? Man, I had this plan. I got that word last week. This miracle should be happening before Sundays. I might have a testimony. But it didn't happen right away. Didn't happen in a month. Didn't happen in a year. That thing you're desiring from God. But these things I plan won't happen right away. They're going to be slowly, steadily, surely. The time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. That's your promise. There's a time coming. If it seems slow, do not despair, for these things will surely come to pass. What does it say? Just be patient. What is God asking us to do? Wait. Be patient. Some of us are in that waiting zone, and it's so uncomfortable, isn't it? Because we're wondering what's happened. Is it ever going to happen? But he's saying, just be patient. They will not be overdue. Listen, one day. God says, you don't have to sweat what I'm going to do because when it happens, it won't have one day delay. Even though it seems like on our time frame, God, you are overdue. Like you are past due. That calendar is flipping way too fast. But God knows what he's doing. See, when God sets the stage, he makes it more than you could ever think or imagine. When you're waiting on God, he makes it bigger and more amazing. You think, I couldn't have put that together if I tried. Let me give you an example. I uh, recently just purchased a home, and I qualified for a certain level up here, and I'm like, all right, woo. So I'm looking at this, you know, dollar amount up here, and I'm excited. Two years I look for a home. Nothing, nothing, nothing. It's like door shut, door shut. Frustrated. I'm like, God, surely you want me to have a home, right? And so I'm looking and looking, and all of a sudden the Lord said, and every home that I looked at needed like upgrades, $50,000, $60,000 upgrades. You know, these homes need all these upgrades. And so I was so frustrated. I'm like, none of it's opening for me. And I heard the Lord say this. I was listening. And the Lord says, go to a lower price point. And I'm like, that's stupid, God. I was like, <laughs> lower price point means kind of a worse house, you know. And I was like, I didn't listen for the first week. And then, again, you need to go to a lower price point. Like, it doesn't make sense. So I'm like, fine. Put in a lower price point. Boom, this gem opened up. And it was this house that already had equity in it. And when I began to process it, the owner had to give me $5,000 cash in my pocket. And it had over $80,000 worth of upgrades already done in the house. See, I wanted this. I want what I thought I wanted. God's like, would you chill out? I have greatness for you. I have everything that you wanted if you would just relax. And guess what? It didn't happen the first day I looked for a house. I'm like, praise you, Jesus. Time for a house. No. God knew when. God knew when that seller needed to find another place. God knows everything. Be patient. Wait on him. We don't know what God's doing out here to make the next season slide right into the grace of God in our life. Amen. 
So yeah, keep looking, keep believing God, whatever you want. Start that business that the Lord tells you, but be patient. Listen to the Lord for the next assignment. Listen to the Lord when he says go. He'll give you that go. Your flesh may go, it's time to go. But God may say, no, it's not. That's your flesh. Wait for my go. Because see, God's go is quiet. And it's usually, you know, hard to hear. (laughs) But you'll never miss him, I promise. You'll know that voice of God, amen? He said, though there's an appointed time, we found out in that scripture, it's appointed time that God will respond. It's an appointed time that he will deliver. God's timing is perfect, amen? And if you study that word appointed, the Hebrew word is moed. The moed time means this, perfect, unstoppable timing of God. Perfect, unstoppable timing of God. When God sends in his appointed time, there is nothing you can do to stop God moving. It's like telling a woman that's bearing down on that last push and the baby's about to come out the canal, and you're like, no, not yet. And she's like, you're crazy. This baby's coming out. You either get down there and catch it or call somebody because I'm giving birth right now. You can't stop it, huh? That's the same thing with God. When God's about to move, you can't stop it. It's unstoppable. And we just go through the labor pains. You go through whatever you got to go through. And then when God moves and that appointed time comes, it'll be favor beyond your wildest imaginations. Amen. And that's why we wait on God. We wait on God. If it's not God's time, listen, if it's not God's time, you can't force it. How many's ever tried that? I tried to kick down doors. I've tried to make things. I fasted and prayed and got all in the flesh. It's not God. You ain't going to move God. But I'll tell you this, when it is God's timing, you ain't going to stop it. You can't stop the flow and the favor and the blessings of God. Though it linger, wait for it. Amen? Though it linger. Maybe you're in the waiting zone today. But remember this, God's delay is not his denials. God's delays is not his denials. There is an appointed time for what you're believing God to happen. Amen? Verse 4 that we're going to look at really quickly this morning Theologians if, theologians, if you study the scripture, says this is the most important scripture in this chapter. And Habakkuk 2 is known as the five woes of Babylon. And uh, God said, five times I'm going to redeem your enemy. Five times I'm going to do greater than you can imagine. And yet they never saw it happen yet. And so if you look at Habakkuk 2 verse 4, says this, God acknowledges. He says, I see the enemy in your life. See, God isn't unaware of what you're going through, but the enemy's puffed up. I've recognized him. His desires are not upright. He said, but the righteous person will live by my faithfulness. See, we don't look at what we see. God's going to take care of the enemy. My job is to what? Live by God's faithfulness in my life. The New Testament says this, the righteous shall live by faith. We don't walk by what we see. We don't walk by the circumstances. Thank God, amen. We walk by the Holy Spirit. We walk by our faith. What did God say? I'm going to connect my faith to it, and I'm not going to make my decisions on how I feel, but I'm going to walk by faith even if it looks crazy, amen? Our faith is based on the character and the goodness of God, not our own what we see, but who God is. Sometimes you might be in a place where things are getting worse. I know there's mommies that are believing for their babies to be healed. I've seen it online. I saw a picture of this woman. Her daughter had like 17 seizures in an hour. Woman of God, loves the Lord, believing for a miracle for her baby. And the mom had a T-shirt on that says, God is in the waiting. God is in the waiting. 
And here this woman is seeing every circumstance that's denying God, but she says, I know, God, you are in my waiting, and my faith is not wavering, and I will not lose my hope. It'll be the anchor of where I stand, amen? And there's a song that I heard last week, and I just wrote the lyrics down because it went so well to what I was putting together. It's a worship song, and it says, even in the unknown, I know you are good. Even in the waiting, I know you are good. Listen to this. I will lift up my hands while I'm waiting. I'm going to worship you even when it's not happening. I'm going to worship you even when I feel like you failed me, God. Louder than my fears, I will sing. May my heart ever be reminded that you are good. Amen. Even when I don't see you with my eyes, God, I'm going to fight to trust you with my heart. Even when I don't see you with my eyes, I'm going to fight to trust you with my heart. I'm going to wait for your goodness. I'm going to wait for your glory to be revealed. Amen? I want to close with um, the last thing that Habakkuk says in this chapter, and it just ties it all together to tell the real person that Habakkuk was, even in all of his frustration. Remember, he felt betrayed. He was upset. He was confused. He was angry. All these real emotions we all face. And he said these three words, three words in his frustration. He said in verse 20, but the Lord. No matter what I'm going through, but the Lord. No matter if my child isn't serving you, but I know God. And what is he doing? He is still sitting on his throne. I know the situation may be um, weak. The situation may not look like it's changing, but my God is still alive. My God still sits on the throne. My God still moves on my behalf. My God is in a position to work miracles, amen. I may not understand, but God, I see you high and lifted up, and your glory fills the temple. Whatever you're going through, yes, you're troubled, and yes, you're frustrated, but I'm going to listen to God. I'm going to write it down, and I'm going to wait on him, and I'm going to look to Jesus until that miracle manifest in my life. Amen. We can't give up. We can't quit. We can't grow weary. No matter what I see, we're going to choose faith. Amen. No matter what I feel, I'm going to choose faith. When I'm doubting God, I'm going to lift my hands and give glory to God. When I don't see a way, I'm going to say, but the Lord can make a way. When I'm aching in my heart, I'm going to choose to trust God anyway. When I don't understand, I'm going to say, God is still God, and he sits on the throne. When I'm losing hope, I'm going to say, but my hope and my anchor is in my Lord. When I'm hurtful and afraid, but the Lord will never leave me. He'll never forsake me. He's not a respecter of persons, amen? I don't have to throw in the towel. Even when I'm waiting, I can believe God is good. Even when you're waiting, maybe you haven't seen it happen yet, but God has a purpose. You can still minister through your pain. You can still have a voice through what you're going through because God is with you. I think I missed this quote earlier in my notes, but it says this. I did. It says, just because he is silent doesn't mean he's absent. So maybe you're having a hard time right now, and that's okay, but it doesn't mean God isn't there. Just keep positioning yourself to hear and you will hear at the right time, amen? God is always with you. You don't understand what God's doing, but he's gonna work through your life. Chapter one, we learned, don't walk away from God. Don't throw in the towel. Chapter two, we we learned, don't quit on God. Chapter three, you'll find out in two weeks. (laughs) Because Bishop will be here next week, and Pastor Gloria, and we'll get back to this series. But let me just say this, and we learned this the first week. 99% of what you're going through, listen, the big portion of what you're facing is the wrestling with God. 
It's the wrestling. Where are you, God? Why is this happening? Why is it happening for other people? We're just going through so much. The 1% is to embrace God. Embrace God. Slow down, listen, write, wait. That's the one little percent that's going to push you to the other side. Amen? Amen. Go ahead and stand to your feet this morning. Hallelujah. Father, we praise you today. We glorify you this morning as the King, as the Lord. And Holy Spirit, I ask that you fall fresh on every one of us here. I ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would just fall in a precious, precious way. Holy Spirit, we just give you the presence and the time right now. Hallelujah. I just feel the Lord is comforting some of you. It's almost like a a healing anointing going down your back. And not just to heal your back, I don't mean that, but it's like a calming. I hear the Lord soothing you. He's soothing your soul right now. Where there's been a troublesome and it's been a season of just um, wrestling. And the Lord says, I'm calming you right now. And I just hear the Lord say, he wants you to know everything's going to be okay. That we need to let go, let God, let the Lord work his will, his way, his timing. So Lord, we just receive that peace right now over our hearts and our minds. Whatever we're troubled about, God, we receive your grace Father, your grace to wait for our children, to wait for our promotions, to wait for our soulmates, God, to wait for whatever it is we're longing for. We receive the grace, grace to endure, Father God. We receive it. And we're not going to grow weary. We're not going to give up. We're not going to quit, Father God. But we will be a church that will endure to the promises, Father God. I thank you for every home, every family every marriage, every single man and woman, that you are standing with them right now and that your presence is in their home. Father God, your presence is over them right now. I thank you, God, that you are given glory, that Holy Spirit, you give them ears to hear what your spirit has to say in the name of Jesus. We drive out every confusion, Father God, every lie, Every Lord, all the loud sounds around, and we push it out in the name of Jesus. And we ask, Lord, for the peace that passes all understanding to hear from you, Holy Spirit. We surrender to you. Have your way. Maybe someone here this morning that needs to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe it's your first time saved. Maybe you're just, hey, I need to receive Jesus. Bring him back into my life today. But we're all going to say this prayer together out loud. Just repeat after me. Say, dear Jesus. I'm asking you to forgive me of all of my sins. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. Give me ears to hear you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. I want to encourage you this morning, if you said that prayer today for the first time or coming back to Jesus, in the chair in front of you is an I Choose card. Please take a minute, pull that out as we're closing our service, fill it out. We have altar workers here who would love to bless you with the Bible, give you some more more information of what it means to receive Jesus into your life. Amen. Love you all so much. Have a blessed week, and we will see you.